Praise be to Jesus and Mary, and welcome to the Catholic Family Podcast. This is the What is a Woman podcast, hosted by Mandy and Holly. Let's begin our show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the What is a Woman podcast. My name is Holly, and as always, I'm joined here by my mother, Mandy, and we'll begin our podcast by saying, Jesus, Jesus meek and humble of heart, make our hearts like unto thine. So, yeah, welcome back and uh, happy to be back for another week. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to touch on our book that we're reading, Mission and Duties of Young Women. Which, by um, the way, is almost Almost over. done, so we'll get to that. I think there's about four chapters left. Four chapters left. We've been re- Actually, you know what I meant to tell my mom? I didn't tell her before we started this, but I went through the episodes and counted them up. Um, we have been doing this for over a year. Right. And you know, that's funny. I looked at them too. I think it was October. We haven't reached a hundred episodes because of course there's only 52 weeks in a year. Right. So, you know, we'll have to be doing this for two years to reach a hundred episodes at least. And we missed the odd week here and there. That's not my forte. 50 plus 50 is a (laughs) hundred. Dumb, dumb. Hey. Anyways, it's okay. I, you know what? I know that about myself, and it humbles me. Knowledge <laughs> of self is good. I despise math, <laughs> and I'm terrible. At it. Anyways, um, but I was, I was looking at them, and I was like, because I was wondering myself, when did we start this, and have we been doing this for a year? And yes, we have been doing this for over a year now, because we started in October of 2022. So, yeah, it was, I'm pretty sure it was either October or November. I can't remember the exact month, but either way. And then, um, so, yeah, so we, we had our one year of doing this podcast, and we just talked our way right through it. We did. Right. They have the <laughs> very first it. episode. Because I looked at this. I don't know if it was today or yesterday, too, for some reason. Yeah, well, it just struck <laughs> me curious. Oh, curiosity. Curiosity. Uh, if you caught last week's episode. It's okay to be curious about something like that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I'm just being silly. So, yeah, um, before we jump into the episode, there are a few things that uh, we did want to talk about before we get to the book. And I just wanted to share this with everybody because, um, you know, I know on here we've talked about the cell phone a lot. Yeah. We've talked about social media a lot and the dangers and the, you know, just the endless scrolling, watching reels. And this is something that I will share with you ladies and be very honest about that I have, I am very guilty of that. Yeah, I don't know any women who aren't actually. I mean, well, I'm sure there are, mom. There I'm are sure lots there of people are, that aren't on social but media. The young women that I personally know always have their phone with them. Right. So why I'm sharing this with you, it's not to be like, oh, look at me, but. You know, I will, I want to share this with you because it's honest and it is profound. And I'd like to share that with you. So if anybody needs, well, I'm just going to say, because I always say I'm going to do something, Mm -hmm. right? Like I always get these grand ideas and I always get these like, yeah, I need to, I need to rid this of my life. I need to get rid of this and I need to do this. But then when push comes to shove, I'm going to be honest, there's always an excuse. Yeah. There's always, well, I need this because of this. Right. Okay. So, um, you know, and there's things going on personally that I'm, I'm just like to keep to myself. I'm not going to share, but you know, so I know for a long time, the cell phone has been a problem for me personally. Okay. Mm -hmm. Time waster, 
endless scrolling, but I couldn't seem to stop. Because like I said, there was always an excuse that would come up. Well, I need to have Instagram because of my blog. I need to have Instagram because of this. I need to check Facebook because something is, you know, I like to check set of a contest society out every once in a while. Right. But then when I stopped and thought about it, I thought, if you really sit back and you analyze, and I'm talking about myself here, I was talking to myself, Holly, if you really sit back and you analyze what you're doing when you are on Facebook or Instagram, how much of that time was spent ingesting good Catholic content? And I'm going to be honest with you, ladies, probably 1%. Right. Okay? 1%. So I had that Like real- the Catholic content is there, but so is It's there, but so else. is everything else. And I was getting sucked away by everything else. Craft videos. Like nothing bad. I wasn't doing anything bad on there. Except for wasting. Except for wasting time. time. And, and in turn, what that did, what the, what struck me the most, I had this realization because um, my kids are watching me. Okay, my kids are watching me and I'm sitting there in a chair and I'm scrolling on my phone, watching reel after reel after reel. And I had this sort of, this is going to sound really weird, but a vision, we'll say, in my head. This vision popped into my head of myself sitting there and then turning to my daughter and going, I can have this, but you can't. This is okay for me. But you're not allowed to have it. And that like that is what my children are perceiving. Right. And you gotta remember your oldest daughter is fifteen. My oldest daughter is fifteen and she wants a wants a cell phone. Right? Because she's she's getting to an age where she's she thinks she wants one and she And the world is telling her you need this. Right. So when I had this vision, I thought that is literally what she sees. That is what she sees. It's okay for mom, but it's not okay for me. Right. Mom can sit there and waste time watching <coughs> reels and scrolling endlessly, but I can't. And seeing funny dog videos. And see, yeah, like half the time we're watching, I'm watching like, you know, a cat fall off a counter. Like it, it's. <laughs> well, I mean, I did notice it like at least, I'm trying to remember three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Like when we first doing homeschooling at, at Mosley. Yeah. And I noticed that. The minute, yeah. You know, the moms are scrolling and they'll they'll chuckle. Yeah. Right. They'll chuckle because something's funny. Like it's a funny dog video, and all the kids jump up. They, uh, yeah. It's like they hear that, and they want to know what's so funny in the in the in the black box in the black box, right? That made you chuckle, and I'm just and I I did realize, and I did say to people, I said, listen, this should be a cell phone free zone. Cell phone, yeah. Because your kids are watching you, and they see how attached you are to that yes right and they're waiting they're chomping at the bit for their time with the cell Cell phone phone. yeah when they get old enough to have the cell phone well and to me like what and i'm sitting there i'm thinking what i'm showing my daughter is that this is the most important thing in my life yeah. That this is this is what consumes my time. This is where all my energy is stored. This is what I'm doing with my life. And, you know, I, I, I grapple with it and I say, oh, you know, but Holly, like I'm using this example. I was just telling my mom this, you know, you know, oh, you did all those nice videos of the Jesse tree. Yeah. For Advent, you know, so people, other good Catholic moms could see what they can do with their kids. And then it's like, okay, yeah, that's great. You're putting, I'm not denying that that's great. You're putting good Catholic content out into the world. But I'm going to be honest with you ladies, and it's going to be very hard for me to say this because 
uh, it's, you know, letting you see a side of me that I only really reserve for nobody. My children. Your children. My children. You reserve it for your children. Right? I get so to see you it occasionally. The, you, uh, but but what I, why I'm saying this because I want to be perfectly honest because I want people to know yeah. that this is not a I'm doing so good. Yeah. Right? So what you saw was a lovely video of ornaments going up on a Jesse tree. My children reading the book. But in all honesty, what you didn't see was me behind the camera going, Doug, you're reading too slow. Doug, read faster. We got to fit this into a minute. You mispronounced that word. Now we have to start again. Yeah. That Honestly, ladies, that's what was going on behind the scenes. Okay? Because to me, and this is a fault, and I'm admitting it, to me, if I'm going to put something on the internet, I want people to enjoy it, and I want it to be good. Right. Right? Yeah. And I'm ashamed of my I'm ashamed of myself that I did that because if I really stop and think about it, and I was saying this to my mom, when I go to my judgment day and I have to answer for all my sins in front of our Lord, I can't look at him and say, "Oh, but oh Lord, I did a video of the Jesse tree for all the good Catholics out there to ingest." At what cost? Yeah. So that my kids will remember, oh, we put up the Jesse tree and I didn't read fast enough and I mispronounced words. And my mother was yelling and at me. And my mother me. was yelling at me. Like, I didn't yell, yell, but it was like, it, it was, still it was, was probably not a little bit of torture. Torture for them. When it should have been something. This you is know. something that we used to do, we do every year, and the kids just, we read the book and they put the ornament on. And, and you know, now they know, oh, we're doing this for a video. Wow, fun for us, you know? Right. And I, I am, I am, I am ashamed of myself that I, I, I don't, I'm glad I was able to do it. And I know right. a now, lot well, of now people you don't have to really, do it next year. No, so now it's there and the torture. It's there. You don't have to do the torture next you year. You know, but if, but these are the things when I sit down and we do our meditation, we reflect, we, we need to do a lot of reflecting on ourselves and really ask, really ask ourselves, why are we doing what we're doing? Yeah. And I said to my mom before we started this podcast, you know, it, it struck me because I thought, you know, God's not going to. I, this is just my, what I think. I could be wrong. You're um, not. You're not. God's going to ask me what I did with the children he gave me. Right. He's not going to ask me what I did to put, you know, to share my Jesse tree with everybody else. What did you do for other Catholic mothers? Yeah. He's not going to ask me that. Yeah, when Holly was saying this, that that was the same reason I quit my gravy job at the, with the school board. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, I worked, I, I taught high school for 10 years, and I was really good at it. Mm-hmm. I was doing a lot. The, I had good rapport with the kids. The kids, the, they really liked me. And um, and I and I felt I was putting good in, too, because I also was kind of walking a tight line because I knew that I said stuff mm-hmm. that could get me fired because, right. you know, if, you know, talk of religion and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I mean, I did that for 10 years. At the end of the day, um, the realization was that God God was not going to say, ask me what I did with all these kids if the four that I was responsible for were neglected. Right. Right. And so then that, I quit that job. And I said, I have to go home and homeschool my children. Right. So if you're in a position where you don't have a responsibility, you don't have children, you can go out and create good Catholic content. You can go out and make videos and you can. I'm just using those examples because they're relevant. I mean, Anything. I would say I would kitchen. say women, single women with no family and responsibility 
yeah. you know, this could be a great thing for you. A great you. thing for you. But when I really you stopped, know. when I really stopped and thought about it, I thought we have to be realistic about our vocation and the position that God has put us in. And I was saying to my mom, you know, there is a higher hierarchy, a list, a ladder, whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> of your duties and your responsibilities. Yeah. And, you know, God first, other yeah. second, self last. But right. if we stay other second in that list of others, there is a higher, there is a list, an order of those others, I right. believe. Yeah. And your children and your husband are at the top of that list. Right. The, your family, the the souls that God has blessed you with yeah. need to come before anybody else. Right. You know, so... You know, if you're like, well, I'm doing all this good. I'm, I'm out there. I'm doing this. Okay, but you have to worry about the souls that are in your own care first. Exactly. And I wasn't doing that. So, so this comes to my. Well, I mean, let's not. Let's be fair. You were. No, too. I was. I, I'm making this sound like I'm just like. <laughs> you're like the, you were this great the, negligent the mother. mother. You weren't that. No, but, it's just. But you know what? You know, this was overpowering yeah. what was important. And you know what? So I'm, if you have something that's overpowering what's important, yeah. you have to get a grip on it. And you know what? It's going I'm going to tell you that is that comes from a place of pride though. Yeah. If you if you really think about a lot of like why I was doing things, they they were very filled with a lot of pride. Yeah. Like I can do this and I have this talent and I'm so good at it and I can yeah. you know if you re- if I really stopped and looked at the root of why I was doing what I was doing, a lot of it was filled with pride, okay? Yeah. So anyway, so I did decide, you know, my daughter's looking at me and she's like wants a cell phone. Cell phone. And I'm like, so I have to show her that this is not important. This is not the most important thing of my life. So what I did was I deleted all the social apps from my phone. Right. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all gone. Deleted them all. And then I was like, because I can say to myself, well, oh, you can allow yourself a certain time frame. You can say, oh, you're going to only go on Instagram this time. It, did, it didn't work for me. That may work for somebody I else. I don't know if it works at all. Well, what a, it didn't you work know. for me. So I was like, because I tried that. I tried, you know, oh, give yourself a time limit. Put your time counter on your phone. And I thought, no. And I really felt the push that God was pushing me to get rid of it completely. Uh-huh. I just felt that. Right. So I deleted the apps. <coughs> um, and I will tell you, you talk about breaking a habit. I picked up my phone last night and I opened it and I went to go to Instagram. Right. And it wasn't there. So had it had been there, had I not deleted it and it had been there, I would have picked that phone up. I would have opened Instagram and I would have sat there and scrolled endlessly watching reels. And I knew that, like in my mind, I knew that that's what I was going to do. Right. Right. right? So, you know. At least for a good 15 minutes. At least for a good 15 minutes, right? (laughs) But I'm going to tell you the feeling that I felt when I opened my phone and Instagram wasn't there, I, I can honestly say, ladies, that feeling was complete and utter freedom and peace. Yeah. I, I felt like, I felt like, the chains had come off or something, you know, like we, we are 
slaves to these devices. Very much so. I mean, they, we let them the memes, run our lives. Everybody says it so. Like, you know, when you see the memes with the people on the phone and they're walking and nobody's looking and, up yeah. or you go into a restaurant and they're on phones. They're not even talking to one another. Like, it, 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 it we are slaves to it. And we, we can't be delusional and think ourselves exempt just For, because yes. maybe we don't go to a restaurant and we're not sitting there on a phone. Right. Somebody like I yeah. mean, we always we we don't have our phones. There out. there are levels of addiction. Yeah, there are different levels. You know, like we don't. I mean, when we're together, there's no phones. If yeah. we're having, if ever anybody like, there's hardly phones out. Right. But but when you're alone and you really stop and you think and think about how much time you spend on the internet or on your phone or whatever, and you know, and this isn't to be you know I want to do this. it. Would this is purely. I need to do this for my children. Right. I need to be able to show them that you this has to be the example. Yeah, like this is not my life. Right. This, you're my life. You're my life, and you're what's important, you know. And so last night, <laughs> we, uh, I then I was like, wow, I'm looking for something to do. Right. You yeah. know, because so I, I went to the cupboard and I found a book that we had started reading a while ago. I think I have talked about it on this podcast maybe once before. It's called Hail the Altar Boy. And the and I my husband was sitting in the living room and I came in and I sat down and I said, We're gonna have quiet family reading time. And my son heard that and he came in and I was just gonna read a book or something. But my son came in and he heard that and I'm like, okay, well, I'll read aloud. And then my daughter came in and I read from the book and it was honestly just a nice, peaceful family moment. Sounds very old fashioned. It, it was very old fashioned. The one thing I was like, I think I should start a cross stitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like I need, isn't that what they used to do? They would yeah. have their cross stitching they would do at night or something. Right, right. You know, so it was, but it was very peaceful and I felt very free and very, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. And then my whole morning routine now has been changed because I used to get up and check what's going on on the internet. Don't do that. Yep. You know, I got up, read my book of the Curiars, and everything is just so calm and so, I'm going to use the word tranquil, okay? So the reason why I, um, I'm, I'm sharing this with you is just a bit of honesty and a bit of, you know, you can do it and don't feel like, you, you're, I, what I'm going to say, the excuses will come. Uh-huh. I believe they come for everybody. Oh, everybody. You know, and I want oh, you to tell hear you that excuse. the excuses are the tools. That is the trick of the devil. You want to hear, you want to hear a thing. Because you also got to get people used to the fact that they can't get a hold of you in two yes. and a half seconds. Yeah. And that makes a lot of people kind of angry too, right? right? So uh, here, we had very good news. We had very good thing happen this this week. A, f a family friend, an old family friend yes. was dying. And um, I, uh, I mean, he, he, he was my dad's friend. He used to work with my dad, my uncle, and my brother. Yeah. And so my brother maintained this friendship with this this man. Mm -hmm. And um, he used to drag him around, like, I, I don't know, for the last 20 years at least. Yeah. all he, our family Oh, you know, he was always at our Christmas dinner. He was always, you know, like, I mean, he really wasn't my friend. He was my brother's friend, but he had nobody. And my brother, you know, kind of was there for him all the time. So anyway... Um, He's dying. He had kidney failure. They gave him two days to two weeks to live. Mm -hmm. I did. It turns out he's Catholic. Yeah. 
I didn't actually know he was Catholic. Right. I thought, you know, and I, in my head I thought, should I ask Father to go up there to the hospital? Like, I was wondering, you know. Yeah. Because, I mean, A, I don't really have anything to do with this. And B, um, you know, he's not Catholic. And then, but I, so I thought, no, you should say to Father, you know. Yeah, just go and. Um, you know, I he's not Catholic. I mean, he's barely my friend, but he's dying. And he has mm-hmm. nobody, right, besides my brother. Turns out he also has a sister. But, you know, <laughs> anyway, so um, Father goes, yeah, he'll go up. Well, it turns, it turns out he is Catholic. And when he came to visit him, my brother was in the room. So he left his card and he said, if you want me to come mm-hmm. back, call me, right? And, um, and of course, my, he did want him to come back. And my brother messages me to say, to tell the priest to come back. <laughs> okay, I'm not anywhere near. Yeah, okay, this either. is the moment you have to phone. You have you to have pick to... up the phone. That was important. <laughs> but <laughs> Not I mean, message me on Facebook Messenger, which I check maybe twice a day, if yeah. that. <laughs> and, uh, and, I mean, he also messaged you. Well, that, yeah, when he couldn't get a hold of my mom, he messaged me. And I said, well, don't. Well, this is just cut out mom. I'll message father directly. Like, I'll just right. message father and tell him, right? But, it, I, like, these are the things, too, that, you know, we've been we've been fed, I'm going to say a lie, and we've been fed a deception that now Facebook Messenger is a lot of people's main mode of communication. Right. And when you don't respond right away, because especially, you know, Facebook Messenger does this weird thing where it says you're online and you're not actually anywhere right. no, near it your does phone. does it to me all the does time. does it to me all the time. So yeah. I was like, you said, it said you were online. I'm like, okay, I haven't looked at my phone in four hours. Well, I, I keep devices open. That's right. why. So if you, that's what I mean. So if my laptop is left open and Facebook yeah. is open, it says mm. I'm online, but I'm not. Yeah. So, but people get very irate. Yes. When you don't respond right away. And it's like, I want to break that. I don't, like, if you need to talk to me right away, call me on the phone. Yeah. Like, I, I, want, I want that to be known about me, that if you need to talk to me, pick up the phone and call me. Because right. I don't want to be a slave to my cell phone. And I don't want, like, if it's something really important, call me. And if not, text me whatever. or whatever. If it and doesn't matter if I, I have, when I get back to you. But, I mean, anyway, the good news was that he did receive last rites. Yes, he did receive. And Father uh, went back with a communion, communion, Holy Communion for him. And I mean, I was just like blown out of the water. I was just like, what? And I mean, and like you, and like you never know. You just just never never know. know. So that's another point. That's another point to be taken from this, ladies. If there's somebody who's dying around you and you know, and they're not Catholic, or even if they're baptized Catholic and they've kind of fallen away or whatever. Send the priest. Yeah. The priest will go. And if he kicks the priest out or he or she or whoever it is kicks the priest out, then at least you can say, I tried. Right. I, I did also, as soon as my brother texted me to say his name, by the way, his name is Ken McFadden. If you want to add him to your, to your prayers, prayers, please yeah. do. Um, he, he te- when he text messaged me to say that Ken was dying. And um, I immediately, for the whole time time before father went and i'm still doing it because he he still hasn't passed um i i say the prayers for the dying for him and i offer my rosary every Mm -hmm. night for him Mm -hmm. so you know you know somebody's in their last moments it's the very least that we can do 
Yes, and you know, like this man has been, well, I've known him ever since I was a little kid. Yes. He's been coming to our family functions ever since I was a little kid. And you just think to yourself, there's got to be a reason that you're here. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's like, God put this person in our life and we should do something about that. Right. You know, so anybody in your life that's in your life whether they be Catholic or non-Catholic or anything, you know, you never know the effect that you will have on them. And so don't, a lot of people get sometimes, well, he's not Catholic. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter, you know. So anyways, but yeah, so I just, sharing that, I know a lot of people struggle with the cell phone. I know I'm not alone in that. But I wanted to share that with you. It is important. It is important. It's very important. If, Try to get it under control. Try to put it away. Try to, you know, make it not appear like you can't function if that thing's not glued to your arm. Right. And, you know, also to share, you know, I, I've been doing this for what we, what we just said, we started the podcast over a year ago and I had a spiritual awakening. I'm going to say shortly before that, where I really started to take my faith very seriously and I wasn't before. Yeah. And so that's, I'm going to say we're going on, what would you say, maybe three years, three or four years of me actually, I'm going to say being a Catholic. Yeah, well, growing spiritually. (laughs) Growing spiritually. I'm saying living my faith and actually taking it seriously rather than just going through the motions. So I've been grappling with this for a long time and I made excuse after excuse after excuse on why I needed this in my life. The phone I'm talking about here. Yeah. Um, And, you know, so there is hope. You can do it. Don't allow the devil to think, make you think you can't. Right. And he's I, going to he's going to try to tell you you need this. He's going to feed every excuse to you. Right. As to why you need it. And and he'll use <laughs> stuff, you know, he will use stuff like, "Well, you're only on there looking at Catholic posts." Yeah. You're only on there, you know, talking to good Catholic friends. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so cuz that's what I was that's what I was being told. Yeah, and it's true. It's true. You know, and there are people. But I'm also doing other things, watching dog videos for two hours at night, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay, that was fun. That was yeah. fun. Well, you know, where'd you... my night go? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, too, I also, a mom that I knew um, in this group, she made a comment, you know, about, you know, being weary, finding herself very full very faultful because you know her family you know she's uh, like all these faults in her family because you know they're not acting very catholic you mm-hmm. know even though everybody's catholic and uh and and she's taking it like what you know like i i'm not doing things right because you know people aren't holy enough mm-hmm. basically is, right. is the problem right but i mean i i responded and i said that i felt that that's very normal Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, how old are you? I'm not willing to say. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I don't care. I'm 37. You're 37. <laughs> so you're 37 years old. And it's like three years ago you started to get really serious. Yeah. Like, and you've been. And I've been born and raised in this. You were a Catholic. Then you fell away for five years. Then you came back. Yeah. And you came back with, you know. A lot of baggage. I mean, a lot of baggage and a lot of pride, too. Like, people have a lot of pride. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm a good Catholic. I go to church and I, you know, I don't eat meat on Friday. And, you know, I do all, I love God. Like, there's no denying that you're Catholic. You love God. You don't eat meat on Friday. You go to Mass every Sunday. Yeah. So, obviously, you must be a great Catholic. 
And these are the people in your family is what I'm talking about. Yeah. But everybody is at different spiritual Beautiful. levels. Yes. And you have to kind of step back and realize, you know, not everybody is a saint. Right. And they're not all at the same spiritual level. So you have to have a general patience in waiting for them to get there. Yes. And to to pray and sacrifice for them as the mom and the head of the family. Yes. Right? You know, you just have to be patient and not expect it. I mean, I know um, it was uh, Abbot Leonard. Uh, this, I might butcher this story a little bit. But, you know, with the monks in the monastery, um, I don't even know who told it to me. But, you know, they were they were talking about somebody wanted to say, shall we wear hair shirts? Mm-hmm. And Abbot Leonard said, hair shirts, who needs those? We have each other. other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like every, you know what I mean? Like there's no, there's no saying everybody's a saint or right. everybody's at the peak of this, their spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot of faults. There's going to be a lot of failings. And these things are normal. And, you know, I will say, ladies, too, like when you're thinking about the spiritual level on that you're on, a lot of prayer and a lot of meditation helps with spiritual growth 100 percent okay there's no denying that but a priest once said to me okay because i said to him like i'm really struggling i i do this one fault over and over and over again i can't seem to stop and he said to me well have you asked god for the grace to stop and i was like (laughs) no (laughs) and he's like Um. okay well you need to pray for the grace to help you overcome this habitual fault that you're, you're, you know. And he said to me, he goes, try asking for it. You know, and I'm yeah. like, oh. And then I, and he's like, up the prayer, up the meditation. And the sacrifice. And, the sa- and, and ask for it. Ask mm-hmm. God for the grace. Like, you know, God, if you're going to go to God and you're going to ask him, like that you're trying to overcome a fault and you're going to put in the prayer and the sacrifice and the penance, he's not going to deny you the grace to yeah. overcome that fault. But we have to ask him. Right. We right. have to go. We can't just sit there and go, well, I want to be a good Catholic, but, yeah, you know. I mean, that also requires not being spiritually blind, dude. Right. Yes. No, I You know. have to be looking continually for these faults. But I'm just saying that really, yourself. that really struck me that I was... I thought I would, I'm saying this because I thought I was so spiritually wonderful. Yeah. And he's like, well, have you asked? Yeah. And I'm like, no, because I'm too busy praying for material things and this and that. And then I'm like, I'm praying for all the wrong things. Right. You but know? That, that is kind of, that's kind of the way it goes. Like, the further we are away from God, the more blind we, we really are. are. Yes. You yeah. know, and we think we're doing all the right things. And we think, you know, and the closer... And, and we almost think we're saintly. Yeah. Like I remember, I remember, you know, back when I'm when I was newly Catholic. Yeah. Well, those were my saintliest years. Yeah, I was doing great. <laughs> you know, I was going to church and I was doing this yeah. and I was doing that and you know, and and as you're journeying, <laughs> the closer you the closer get, you get to God, you're like, wow, I was really messed up. <laughs> you know, and well, and you continually see that, you know, uh. A flea is better than me. Like, you know, uh, what was that Father Bernard said? The flea. I am closer to a flea Mm, than I I am am to God. God. Yes. Yeah. You know, like the close, the, the, you know, the closer you get, the more you realize how far away you are. Right. And when you're really far away, you think you're so So close. close. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyway. 
But anyway, so that I just I thought it was really important to discuss on that for just a little bit. But we'll get into our book now, and then um, and, uh, and yeah, yeah, it's another short chapter. Another How long sh- have we been talking here? Oh, about half an hour. Yeah, I don't know that I was hoping to get through this chapter, chapter but I don't might. know that we will. All right, so chapter nineteen, uh, mission and duties of young women, is called choice of a friend. Right. So I'll just begin mm. here and and start reading. Quote, the heart of a woman is an abyss of love and has capacity for the most diverse affections. No sooner does anything move it than it begin to flow with love and tenderness. And we know not frequently which to admire most in a woman, her love for her husband, her tenderness for her children, her pious submission to her parents, her devotedness to a brother or sister, her confidence in a friend or her compassionate charity towards the poor. She can rise to what is above her to make it the object of her admiration and respect. She can love and cherish what is around her, and she can stoop to what is below her, to give it her encouragement and support. She has a smile for every joy, a tear for every grief, a consolation for every misery, an excuse for every fault, a prayer for every misfortune, an encouragement for every hope. Her heart always vibrates under the hand that strikes it, and easily opens itself to those who solicit her confidence." Okay, so this is the beginning um, paragraph mm-hmm. of this chapter about a friend. And so the author here, he's describing, which I think the whole book has constantly been over and over this again, the heart of a woman and what exactly it is. Right. Right? So we had this long, in-depth, you know, that, I mean, she's the heart of the home. The heart is everything about this woman right so this was just a very long paragraph explaining her heart explaining the power that is in her heart okay right so let's move on quote but in consequence of the disordered state to which our nature has been reduced by sin the noblest sentiments of the mind are always clogged by an influence which tends to bear them down to the earth and overcome their action It has been decreed by the Almighty that man shall make a struggle in order to obtain the qualities which he needs and to preserve those which he already possesses. His misery consists not merely in not having all that is necessary to his perfection and happiness and in being obliged to struggle against the evil instincts of his nature. He is required, moreover, to mistrust even his good inclinations and by unceasing vigilance prevent the happy dispositions of his heart from degenerating into vice." If he suffer himself to be lulled into a false security or delight in the vain suggestions of his pride, whatever good he possesses may become a source of serious illusion and danger. The most solid virtue and the most and the noblest instincts have more than once been seen to disappear in the mysterious workings of too kind and too confiding heart. End quote. Okay, so that was that was very long, and I, what I found when I was reading this was this. This was a lot of repeating of what he's already said throughout the chapters. Right. right. Like we did uh, we did an episode on the heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah. And basically, that's what that was just saying there. That was, um, you know, that we have these qualities um, and needs. Um, some are good and we have to preserve those. Yeah. Right. And then we have to go after the ones we don't already have. Right. Right. And about what's in our heart and basically that the person that has our heart either makes or breaks us mm. right so 
I mean, we're, we're talking about choosing a friend, right? Right. So that friend is either going to add to what is necessary to the heart. Or take away from it. Or, ta- or you know, pull all the I mean, you just vices that, you, out. You think of that old saying, you are who you hang out with. Oh, and you definitely you know, are who like, you hang out with. I mean, you know from... I know that choice of friend. I will say... Um, in regards to me falling away, yeah, from when I fell away from the church, the, I mean, I'm not, I'm not blaming it on anyone else. I know we are in charge of our own actions, but my choice of friends was a big factor, right? In why but I fell why away. Why did you choose them? Why friends? did I choose them? Right? right, because what was in your heart? What was in my heart? Well, and I think more like. What I think, though, is what was in your heart is not always like your whole heart, you know. But I was attracted to a certain, um, well, I was attracted to the world. Yes. And the friends that I chose loved living in the world. Yeah. Well, it goes you know? on into more depth of that. Okay. Like, and I have, I've written things, too. Like, we see it in the movies a lot, right. too. Where, and I, I've written it down further into another paragraph. Okay, so, I so don't we'll know if going. I'm ready to talk about right. that yet about the little groups in high school like if right. we go back to high school all right well let's just keep going then it'll, okay it'll click there click <laughs> quote it is of great importance therefore for a woman to make a wise selection of the friends who are to enjoy her confidence and affection for the heart of a young woman lives on what it loves and is influenced precisely in the degree in which it bestows its confidence and friendship end quote yeah, the heart lives on what it loves. Right. Right? So, I mean, and we know this because we're always going out. If we love something, we're always pursuing that. Right. Always. Right. Right? The heart wants what the heart wants. All right. Quote, for her to love is to obey. To love is following submissively a certain direction. To love is allowing herself to be led and governed by a heart which by sympathy or habit has become congenial <coughs> to her own. It has been remarked that the mind of woman is in her heart and the same perhaps might be said with as much reason of her will. The woman who withholds her will gives only one half of her heart, end quote. Right, okay, so I mean the the author is going into, again, a big, long, this whole beginning part of this is all about the heart of the woman, right? That the mind and her heart and her will are very closely united. Yeah. Right. So closely united that if she withholds her will, mm-hmm. like if you think about it being married. Yeah. If you withhold your will or if you think about, you know, the love you even have for God. Yeah. If you if you don't submit your whole will to that other person, mm-hmm. you are withholding your heart, heart. Yes. As well. Like it said at the very end, you withhold half your heart. Right. Okay, quote, unfortunately, there are many women who have been enslaved from early life by the world and who have lost that candor and freshness of soul, which is nourished by a life of piety and prudent reserve. These women seem to be jealous of those who, happier than themselves, have preserved those precious qualities of the heart. And one would suppose from their appearance that they wish to revenge themselves on others for the shameful dominion which they have allowed the world to acquire over them. They act, so to speak, as doorkeepers of the world in order to notice those who enter it and give them a first lesson in its service. To gain the confidence of a young woman, yet ignorant and submissive, they will employ a thousand ingenious artifices of which they themselves have more than once experienced with the 
irresistible effect, end quote. Yeah. I thought there was maybe a letter missing there, but I think the word is artifices. Yeah. Sorry. Well, um, when I was reading that, what I was picturing in my head, I try to form mental pictures. Movies help a lot. Um, If you see in the movies, you know, the wise woman and the the young innocent. Yeah. Stick with me and I'll show you the ways of the world. Yeah. Like, I mean, how often have you heard that? Yeah. Like, and how often does it actually happen? A lot. A lot. A lot. Like, somebody who is... uh, wiser in the ways of the world yeah i mean just like just like you said they'll take they'll take an innocent a young up-and-coming girl under their wing and Mm -hmm. you know show her the The ways ways of of the the world world. yeah which are not the ways of religion the ways of loving god you know what it's funny okay so when i was young i went to college i went to college when i was 17 because I'm a December baby. So I um, graduated and I was still 17. I went directly from high school. Two weeks after my grad- graduating from high school, I went directly into college because I went to like a career college for dental assisting. Yeah. So I could start anytime I wanted. I started in June. Um, so I was 17 years old and I walked into this classroom and because it was a career vocational college, I don't know if they have those in the U.S. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they there do. There was people of all ages, okay? Um, there were people maybe a little bit older than me, but then there were also people that were like in their 40s. Right. 50s even. Yeah. There was like an old lady, well, at 17, what I would call an old lady, yeah. <laughs> in my class, right? So I sat down, and, and it was a small class. I'm going to say about 15 women. And I sat down beside this woman, and she was 33 years old. And here I am, 17. And this woman, she just latched on to me. Yeah. And she decided that her and I were going to be good friends. Right. And at the time, I was just like, okay, cool. And then she was like, yeah, you can come over to my house. She she had a husband. She didn't have any children, but she had a husband, and it was her and her husband, 33 years old. And her and I became, like, best friends. Right. And everybody thought it was so weird. Right. Like well, she I'm was saying, doing exactly what this... But she was doing... And she wasn't bad. Like, I'm not saying she wasn't bad. We no, did, you had way worse friends. I had way worse friends. She was actually very nice. She was a very nice woman. Uh-huh. And all we did, like, I'd go over to her house. She, Her and I would hang out. We didn't... Like, we just talked. You know, wasn't... She wasn't taking me out to clubs or anything. Like, it wasn't anything bad. She was actually... As far as the world goes, a pretty nice friend. Right. But when I when you read that paragraph, all I could think about was this woman, and I I know she because well because she said you know like you're young you she said that to me. Yeah. I, I know I'm old, but I'm gonna show you you know you're I'm gonna take you under my wing. That's what she said to me and help me out. And I was like, when you read that paragraph, I was like, that is exactly the woman you're talking about. Well, I, and your your sister had lots of them. Yeah. Because yeah. she went very young. We all went very young into the into workforce. Into the world. And, and she went into the bank. Yeah. And I remember one particular woman. Yeah. You know, not much, a little bit younger than me, but yeah. not much. I mean, she had, well, she had a son. The same age. The same age as your sister, yeah. right? And I, I, I remember being very cut off unnerved. I'm annoyed like Unner- you know because yeah. and then I'm going to tell you this is what happened to all all of my daughters because they were very good innocent girls yeah 
right? And once they got into the world, and I saw it happen to the other other girls that I knew too, you know, the fa- families would latch on to them. Right. Like especially the families of boyfriends. Yes. And I've seen it happen kind of repetitively to the young, innocent girls that are raised in religion. Yeah. So they go out there, and these families, whether it's the boyfriend family, like they can't even believe that we exist. That, that A, that you exist, and B, that maybe their son has latched onto this. Yeah. Or they want this for their son. Yeah. Like well, in, because think of, the wi- think of the women that are out there for right. their sons. And then they get a nice, good Catholic girl that's respectful yes. and dresses it modestly. Ha- and, it happens all the time. Like, yeah. I, it happens all the time. And they're very, cr- like this with your sister, this woman mm-hmm. who was, um, you know, ahead of her. She was a manager in the mm-hmm. bank. And she, I was just like, and I, I used to, like, I used to rule my, I just kind of had to walk away. Right. I'm like, that woman is not your mother. Yeah. Okay. You're treating her. Like she's your mother. Like she's your mother. Yeah. And I, I just kind of had to, you know, just like whatever. Yeah. Kind of thing. Let right. I, there's nothing I can do about it. You know, like you're insisting on this. Mm-hmm. Right. But this is what, this is exactly what. Women do. Women do. Yeah. And they do it, especially to young, innocent girls. girls. And it, it, any young girl who has been raised in tradition, mm-hmm. when their feet hit the world, whether it's job, whether it's anything, they are an enigma to everybody around them. Mm-hmm. And they are especially um, being set up. Yeah. To attract these other women. Right. That will come and take them under their wing. Yes. And show them the ways, ways of, of the, the world. world. Yes. You know, everything that is contrary, contrary to what to their mother said. Right. Right. You know, I mean, it is the way it is. The only thing that I can say about it is you have to, you know, prepare your daughters. Yeah. Because you can't stop these people, but you can prepare the do- you can prepare your daughter. For yeah. Them. Right. All right, so, quote, um, with wonderful penetration, they discover her most secret propensities and anticipate her most hidden desires. They treacherously indulge her weakness and by a false condensation encourage those passions which will diminish the energy of her character and yield her an easy prey to their pernicious influence. They make use of their long experience not to enlighten and direct her, not to preserve her from the snares into which they themselves unhappily fell, but on the contrary, to mislead her into ways which they have traveled to their confusion, end quote. Right, so basically what we just said, like these type of women, more older and experienced, you know, they're, what they're going to do is they're going, they are literally, you know, it said pull out all of her passions. Yeah. You know, giving her the idea that this is the way. Mm-hmm. And girls are attracted. Like, I mean, you you were attracted to it. I know yeah. you're, you know, you're just like, because um, when you're, you're in high school, or when you're like young, you're anxious to separate yourself from your parents. Yes. You're very anxious to become your own person. Yeah. To be, you know. Young and sophisticated and yes. worldly and out there and, you know, yeah. maybe you want, like, I don't know. I, I can picture you well, thinking that way. I'm going to tell you, I thought that way my whole life. You know, I love, this is so, this is going to sound so silly and so you're going to, I'm sure you guys are going to be like, oh my word. Oh, you don't. <laughs> but when I was younger, I'm going to say about 
almost becoming a teenager, but maybe 11, 12, I was so happy if I got a pair of shoes that made clicking sounds when they walked so I could walk like the teachers walked down the hallway. Like that, <laughs> so that when I walked, I sounded like a woman. Really? You know, like that, like if I wow. got a pair of shoes, they didn't have to be high heels. Right, they just But if to they make- made that click, like, well, because I did go to public school, right? So you would hear the teachers walk up and down the hallway. And we, you could always hear a woman teacher because her, her shoes clicked, clicked she right? She absolutely clicked and, on those And floors. to me, when I got those pair of shoes and I would click, like, even around the kitchen at home, I would wear them and I'd click my shoes and walk like I was an adult. Wow. You know what I mean? Well, like, that explains the clicking in the church with the little the, girls. <laughs> I know. When, and I'm just like, I, there's a few Please little girls out there. Please don't buy your little like, girls clicky shoes. Mom, tell her not I to do that. Well, because. And I know, the, I know uh, my one granddaughter, she's 10. She mm-hmm. always walks on her tippy toes. toes. So her shoes so don't her, click. So her shoes don't click. So obviously her mother has said, don't you make clicky noises well, in the and, church. Because you know what's so funny now, though? What's yeah. funny now, though, is I will not buy a pair of shoes that click. For because of church, right? Because I don't want to. Because the other thing is, is I play the organ, so we have to go up to communion before everybody else. Yeah, and I do not want my shoes to click at the most important ma- part of the mass. I'm about to go receive communion. The church is so quiet, and I do not want my shoes clicking up that aisle. Right, right. So right. now it's the opposite. That's just a funny little thing, but no, but it's true. But, but it's these true. Are, these are the women, or these are the little girls, girls. And now it kind of explains. You know, they want to click because they want to be grown up and right. mature. So they're watching. They're watching, and they're seeing yeah. what it, what they think in their mind it takes to be a woman. And to me, at, at 10, 11, 12. That was clicky shoes. I thought that's what it meant to be a woman. <laughs> Your shoes had to click when you walked. If right. they didn't, you weren't a woman. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But anyways, I'm just being silly. But No, but it's, but the, it's truth. the truth. It is what goes through. It is what goes through little girls' heads. And, and you know what? And so if you have these little girls and you don't, you, I don't even know what to say, but like you have to somehow foster in them now when they're little how to choose a friend right that's gonna foster good values and virtues and and not take them down this path that this woman yeah that the author is talking about or i mean you have to remember that this book is not is not actually written for all it's written for young women. women yes you know so, I mean, if a young woman was reading this, she the idea is that she be aware. Right. That there are these predator women out there. Yeah. Ready to yeah, take that's her. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. You know, and we have to be aware ourselves that, you know, there are people, I mean, you know, I'm 60, whatever yeah. I am, 61. You know, like I... There's no predator women out there for me. What? You know? <laughs> Are you sure, Mom? <laughs> Not interested. You know? <laughs> but, I think you're pretty um, firmly if, planted. <laughs> if we're younger. Yeah. You know, to be very aware. Aware and cautious and careful of who we choose to let, sur- we let surround and, ourselves. And, and here, let's even put this thought out here. Maybe that we don't be a predator woman either. Yes, exactly. If you, Yeah. Yeah, that's you know, a good like point if you too. are older, if you are yeah. thirty three, let the, or, let the or young thirty six, let the young woman be and leave them to their mothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let them. You know, I mean, sometimes it's help. Sometimes it is helpful for, um, you know, 
the mothers do need the help. Yeah. And I and I've se- I've seen that a lot, you know, where you have a, a 15, 16, 17-year-old and she's not listening to you. Yeah. But maybe she will listen to another woman, woman she more admires. But that woman has to be a but good But that influence. woman has to be good. Yes, like it can't be. You know, and if if you find that woman, yeah. By means, encourage her. Right. And I mean, let we can use myself as an example. I'm going to just say this quickly because I'm pretty sure we have said it on this podcast before. But when I left the faith, there was a, uh, what's it, a gaggle of geese? I'm going to say a gaggle of women. Yeah. Waiting. Yes. To, to, to pick me up. Yeah. And show me the way. And to, and to say, and to they take were all my me enemies. under their wing. They and were. But they were all my mother's enemies. Yes. And they saw their opportunity to take, quote unquote, take me under their wing. And they wasted no opportunity. Yeah. At doing that. So. Yeah. Anyways, we'll go back here to the book. Quote. Woe to her if she confide to them the grief of her soul, wounded by the culpable indifference of a husband or by the suspicions which his giddy and equivocal conduct has just justly awakened. Woe to her if in her simplicity she inquire of them what course to pursue in order to avoid the snares which have been laid for her innocence by the assiduities of a stranger." Woe to her if she opened her heart and disclosed to them the first symptoms of a rising affection which threatened the peace of her life. Their artful vigilance requires nothing more to entrap her, like the spider which lies concealed within its treacherous web, waiting until the insect becomes entangled in its threads, then warned by its motion, rushes upon and kills it. These women seize with the greatest avidity upon the imprudent heart that has been ensnared by their unworthy artifices." Of those who have lost their virtue or piety, there are few that cannot trace the commencement of their misfortune to evil counsels, and there is not one perhaps who could not have avoided it by using more caution in the selection of her friends, end quote. Yeah, so... You know, can I just stay on there? Because there's something that struck me there, right there, when it said, few cannot trace the commencement of their misfortune to evil counsels. I think that's very important because when I read that, you know, I thought of that. I don't think anybody wakes up one day and it's just like, I'm going to be evil. Yeah. They are counseled some way or they have let in some sort, whether it be television, music, radio, or a person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm getting at? No, no. It's it's a variety. Like So if you're, and I'm just speaking of this for people that have like fallen away children or like no kid wakes up and is like, ah, I'm not going to go to church anymore. Yeah. Like it doesn't happen like that. No, no, they do. They have fallen. They for have it. fallen away because of an evil counsel. Exactly. And also to, um, that person has tapped into their passions. Right. Like and that's, so, that's why I'm not saying that it's that that it's their fault. Like the fault lies on the person, right? Because that, they have allowed, and they've tapped into the evil passions, and they are telling them things that secretly they want, want to, to hear. hear. Yes, right. So they're like, "Yes, what am I missing?" Right. But that's why th- that's what that's why this whole thing is so important. Yeah. Is, you know, to be aware of the evil counsels. Yeah. I mean, and to be aware of what you're, you're really secretly passionate about. Yeah. Right. So for your own self, like who do you allow to influence you? you? Yeah. Right. Who do you allow to, to tell you what you want to hear? Cause yeah. I mean, Facebook is brutal for that too. Right. Like yeah. people, 
people will constantly put out something so that everybody can reassure sure. them right of what they they're, they're 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 actually not asking for advice they're asking for people to tell them what they, they want, want to hear. hear right you tell me this is okay right and i'll go yes you go girl you yeah. know like you and nobody says whoa whoa everything you're doing, doing is it. wrong is bad is i mean i've done it occasionally mm-hmm. i don't really get likes for, for that, that. <laughs> like, no. I I've put my foot in it. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I'm just like because I you see it on Facebook. Like I mean, I see it on Facebook. I'm just like that's stupid. Yeah. And you're not. You don't really want to know the truth. You just want everyone to tell you what you're doing is okay. You want everybody to affirm what you're already doing. What you're already doing, right. or what you already want to do, or that this you know affirm whatever the heck it is you're thinking. Right. And that happens a lot too. And yeah. we have to be very, very careful. Careful, you know, like I mean, if you have questions, if you have serious issues, ask a priest. Yes. If you really want to know the, the truth, truth and not want somebody just to affirm yes. what you already believe, you go ask a priest. Well, and you know what? Because I, I was talking to someone the other day and I, I said to them and I and it just struck me while well, I was reading this chapter in the Curars about the priesthood. And it struck me too. And I told this person, I said, you know, the religious are one of the greatest gifts that God has given us. Right. They really are. They are one of the greatest gifts that our Lord has given us. A helpful um, companion. Yeah. Someone we can go to that will not lead us astray. Right. You know, no, they're they're only interested in our they're soul. They're only interested in the salvation of our soul. They they're not going to be afraid <coughs> to tell you the truth. So and, if you need something and if you need advice, t- just do not go to Facebook. Go to a priest. Yeah, and also too, your parents are if they're good parents are only interested yeah. in the salvation, salvation of, your, of soul. your soul, right? So I mean that is. I mean, that is not all parents. I'm not going to put... Right. But it is definitely should be all religious. I've never met a religious that was not, first and foremost, interested in the salvation of my soul. Right. They give, they've given their life for that. Yes. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, not all parents have given their life for that, but good parents. Yeah. And I mean, that's why a lot of, you know, kids don't want to hear what their parents have say. Because they know it's you know. going to hurt. <laughs> But yeah. anyways, yeah, so I was just like, because when you said that too, and I was like, I told this person this the other day, I thought, you know, how good is God that he gave us these, he gave us these religious, mm-hmm. like, you know, he didn't, God did not have to do that. No. He didn't have to give us these, these good, holy people to look out for us and right. to guide us and to give us the sacraments. Yeah. You know, because without the priests, we wouldn't have our Lord. Right, right. You know, well, absolutely. so. So, and then also too, because it said in this little chapter in the Curious, pray for your priests. Pray for so your I priests. So I always want to put that, pray for your priests because they have more on their shoulders. Yeah. Than you can even fathom. Right. You know? So anyway, so I think we'll leave it there though, because I don't think we're going to get another bit in about this chapter because we're just up to the hour here. But we'll be back next week, or hopefully we'll be back next week with um, yeah continuing on with this chapter, Choice of a Friend. We didn't finish it, so... But um, anything else you want to add before we sign no, off? No. No. Okay. So until then, we hope that everybody has a very blessed week. Um, may our Lord bless you and our Lady guide you always. 
and St. Teresa, pray for us. us.